feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby Show, the price tag for the migrants. It is stunning. First off, over the weekend, the town of Eagle Pass, Texas, which is right there on the border, which now has many migrants under a freeway bridge, very similar to what it was like when the Haitian migrants were there under the Del Rio Bridge. Well, they say they are at a, quote, breaking point. And we're hearing the same from New York City. And guess what? Taxpayers are at a breaking point, too. We are just getting word tonight. This is really incredible that the cost of city hotels, it is going to cost New York City, i.e. New York City taxpayers, an extra one billion dollars on just hotels alone to shelter migrants for the next three years. New York City, planning for the worst, is extending its contract with three local hotels to house the migrants for three more years at an unbelievable cost of more than a billion dollars. The price tag totaling $1.365 billion. That's nearly five times what the original deal called for. And that is just for having rooms, rental rooms, in 100 hotels, which have now been converted into these emergency shelters. That doesn't even include the cost for these other locations that are becoming migrant shelters, which are popping up all over the place, including an old college dorm, including Floyd Bennett Field, including obviously an old senior center, including other schools also, all over New York City. This is a mess. And they're already planning that this is going to go on and on and on and on. Well, guess what? If somebody would have the guts to tell the president to close the border, maybe it wouldn't go on and on and on for taxpayers. What is your reaction tonight now that you are hearing the stunning price tag that is being placed just for hotels alone? And these are nice hotels. These are like four-star hotels where they're also getting the free, remember, not just the free room, but they're also getting free food. Many of them have their little motorbikes. A lot of them have cell phones. They seem to have a lot of stuff. And a lot of people are saying, you know what? Yes, we are a generous country. Yes, we want people to feel involved and engaged and welcoming and all these things. But isn't this way over the top? What are we doing for our veterans? What are we doing for other homeless individuals? This just seems nuts. And already New York City somehow is planning, okay, this is going to go on for the next three years. Why didn't they sign a 30-year contract? I mean, this doesn't sound like they have any end in sight or that they want any end in sight. I mean, if they really wanted an end in sight, they would actually go to the White House and demand that they close the border because it all goes back to President Biden and his policies. As soon as he took over, 
He started catch and release. He ended remain in Mexico. He did all of these things because he didn't like Trump, Trump, Trump. It was like orange man bad. And because of that, we're going to change everything. And we want everybody to come in here. And I wonder why, guys. I have to surmise it's for the votes. Because what else would it be? And that's a terrible reason that you would put the country in dire security issues all to beef up voting blocks. There's no other reason. I mean, what other reason is there? Uh, why else would you say, hey, I'm not going to vet anybody. I'm going to have tons of millions of people come. In the last week alone, they had 11,000 crossed the border in one single day. 11,000, by the way, in the last 24-hour period. Can you imagine? That is unbelievable. We are hitting historic highs. We believe we hit historic highs for the last fiscal year. And this is going on and on and on. Where is the end game? Is there an end game? I don't hear it and I don't see it. And I am worried, sick of what we're going to see for generations to come. Already, I'm not alone because we have some new polls tonight that definitely show that people are fed up with this administration. Joe Biden and his lackluster leadership Boy, is he taking a hit in the polls. And I think people are saying, you know what? Maybe they'd prefer some mean tweets, but at least have border security. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Congressman Tony Gonzalez from Texas. He went down to Eagle Pass, and he was down there today leading a GOP delegation They said, we want to see it for ourselves. we got to get a look at the border and get a first-hand assessment of what things look like. And here is what he had to say of one of the shelters that they visited. Listen to what this shelter at Eagle Pass. If you think New York City's busting at the seams, imagine living right in a Texas border town. Here's what the congressman describes that he saw. Joe Biden's failed immigration policy is deadly, and it's it's put districts like mine that are on the border certainly at the forefront of it, but it's every district in, in the country. Uh, in Eagle Pass today, uh, I visited, first I visited on Friday, and I visited the, uh, the processing facility there. This facility can hold 1,000 people. On Friday, it had 4,600, nearly a 500% capacity. Earlier today, I'm hosting a CODEL, uh, many, Texas dele- uh, many from the Texas dele- delegation, as well as Brandon Williams. Williams from from New York, uh, six of us down here. We visited that same facility today, and things are even worse. There's over 5,000 people in that facility. Just yesterday, uh, 2,200 people uh, entered the country illegally in Eagle Pass alone. There is no end in sight, and this stops when Joe Biden decides to enforce the policies that are already on the books. Can you imagine 2,200 in the small town of Eagle Pass, Texas, And it's a migrant shelter, which is supposed to hold a thousand. And he saw about 5,000 happen to be there. Uh, There is no more room at the end. We are overflowing. And where are the Democrats? There's got to be somebody out there with a conscience. Where are you? Why are you not out there saying, hello, look what's happening to every community across America? And why should New York City taxpayers suddenly have to spend a billion dollars just for four and five star hotel rooms? For the migrants, when do we just say enough? What is going on? We have lost control of our cities. Our leadership has no cojones. 
And why is that border? When I see that image, I was watching today. It's like that endless stream on and on and on. And you could just see thousands of them just kind of walking across, going across the Rio Grande, coming in. And they actually have the guts to say the border's under control. That is such a lie. And here is Congressman Tony Gonzalez saying what we need to start doing, because he is right there on the front lines of this fight. And here is what he says needs to start happening. It's absolutely dangerous to not know who's coming into this country, and we have to make it stop. We have to make it stop. I sit on the Appropriations Committee. Part of that is us using the power of the purse. And I urge House Republicans, as soon as we get back to Washington, the very first bill that we need to take up is the Homeland Security Bill, the Homeland Appropriations Bill. And in that bill, we need to end catch and release. That's a big part of that. I've got an amendment in that bill. Many of my colleagues have been talking about this. It's time for us to start there. And we need to deport people. If you do not qualify for asylum, stop sending them all over the country. They have to be sent back to the country of origin. It's the only way we get this crisis under control. And finally, some members of the media, by the way, are starting to at least cover the border crisis, but they continue to blame the Republicans. They're like, they blame Trump. I I mean, it is so ludicrous. It is so ridiculous because the pictures are so bad. They at least got to show it. But God forbid they blame President Biden, who has a wide open border. And listen to this exchange. This really stood out to me. I was watching this live when this happened. Uh, And this is Congressman Ralph Norman. He's part of the Freedom Caucus. And he was talking to CNN Jim Acosta on Sunday. And Jim Acosta was like, the border, the border's not open. That That's a lie. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? Listen to this back and forth between Congressman Ralph Norman and Jim Acosta, and it just shows two different worlds if you listen to what CNN says and what we see with our own two eyes. Now, Jim, get this. He's giving social security Wait a minute, security Congressman. Are you, are you saying that, to, to what are you elite. trying to say, that there's an invasion of migrants, that Democrats are doing this to get elected? Is that what you're saying? That's just not true. Uh, no, it is true. Uh, look it up. He's given social security numbers and driver's licenses. He's done it in New York. What do you call that? What else can you call that? You t- give me a term for it, sir. That that is that is something that uh, I mean. It, it sounds like what you're doing when you say that is demonizing immigrants. When you say that they're coming into this country no. as part of some invasion to change the political calculus in this country, that's just not the case. There are lots yeah. of people who come into this country as immigrants end up voting Republican. Um, I, I, I guess that, that doesn't add up. They come into this country legally. They come into this country legally. You can term it however you want. They come into it legally. Never before have we opened our borders up to every country uh, all, all across the globe. And we're going to stop it one way but or how another. Are you, how American are you going to, how are you going to lock down the border? How are you going to have better border protection if you shut down the government? I guess I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. Well, what does make sense is to, and we're going to have to force, the public is going to have to force this Biden administration to let the Border Patrol agents do their job, to get the wall built, have designated points of entry. And this administration is just not doing it. They're doing it intentionally. And whether you agree with it or not, they're doing it for power. Why are they giving Social Security What do you mean by that? Why, why are you, what they're does this say it. they're intentionally, do, intentionally doing what? Where is your evidence of this? Where is your proof of this? It just sounds like you're throwing uh, uh, rhetoric around with no basis in fact. Uh, no, you can. Have you been to the border? Of course I have. Have you seen what's going on? The rapes, 
the uh, it's it's open. I mean, nobody can can deny that. The border is, and uh, they've got a, it's a crisis. Where I'll ask the question, sir. And, and the border is, is not open. That is that is something that that is uh, peddled as a talking point, but it's not true. There there are fences, there are walls. Uh, there are border patrol agents who yeah. who work okay. on the border. The five plus million uh, that have gotten into this country illegally uh, is not a figment of, of our imagination. The border's not open, says CNN, after showing like streams of people just walking through. That looks like it's open. I mean, that just indicates the thought. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, yeah, yeah, there are people coming through, but uh, they're what, going to a concert? They're going to a football game? And then they're going home. Is that is that what they're doing there? These throngs of people. I mean, that is the most ludicrous statement I have ever heard. It's obvious. You just look at it. It is out of control. And so much so that people are getting to the point where they are just downright fed up. And at what point do you say enough is enough? We are spending way too much money. Where are the people? By the way, if I leave the Eagle Pass, I'd be picketing on the border. I would be like, are you kidding me? especially when you see the images of what they have to go through every single day. It pales in comparison to what New York and its $1 billion for hotel rooms alone price tag uh, is enduring. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, the border is so out of control that even Texas Democrat Henry Cuellar had this to say. At the border, what does that mean? You got to deport people and you got to show those images of people being deported. When was the last time we saw people going the other way instead of just seeing people flow in? If you don't have repercussions, then people will see the border as a speed bump and continue coming in. And that's what they think it is. A keep going. It's a green light. It's just a little speed bump. I don't even think it's a speed bump. I think it's a big old neon sign saying, come on in. What else do you need for free? We won't vet you. We won't check you. Don't worry whatsoever. That's what it should say. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice, line eight in Ohio. Alice, uh, what a mess. When I see these images, it's... It saddens me and it angers me, Alice. It disgusts me. I think what we need to start to do is to appoint qualified people, appoint and swear in qualified people to be immigration judges. Give them support staff and start processing these people. If these people can't prove their point, then get rid of them. Henry Cuellar is right. Then just process them, get them moving, get them moving, get them moving out fast. Yeah, I agree, because you know what? Uh, we are not doing that. And I bet you, no. and, and the people who are on the front lines there every day in the border have said they believe it's probably in the single digits of the amount of people that actually qualify. Just because you're right. leaving a country and, and you're, you know, maybe it's economically not great. That is not a reason for, you know, for asylum. That is not a legal reason for asylum in this country. 
So you're right. Uh, hurry up, speed it up. And here's my thought also, Alice. Do it in Mexico. Don't let them cross the border because what's happening is, to your point, there is such a backlog. People are coming in. They're getting court dates that are like, uh, come see us in 2035, you know, on Wednesday at 11 o'clock. Uh, guess what? No one shows up Wednesday, uh, 11 o'clock in 2035. You know, they, they don't feel obligated to have to show up. They don't take it seriously. They've already gotten in the country. That's 99% of it. Now they just got to kind of fade into the woodwork. Do it all on the other side of the border, right, Alice? Why are we waiting? Absolutely. Start moving on it fast. And that, that you're, you're going to have to. And just, and just move them out. Move them out. And they, let me tell you something I heard. It was last month. The uh, country of Colombia, and they almost said it tongue-in-cheek, that since this happened, their population and crime has diminished. Oh, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Because you know what? I've seen stories where they have sent people from some countries, gotten them out, you know, of prison and elsewhere, and said, hey, just kind of keep heading up north, guys. You know, keep going, keep going. Uh, I have no doubt. Uh, that it has actually helped other countries and it is destroying ours. And that's why they're happy because guess what? They don't have to A, take care of these people. It, it saves them money and it's a, some of them are a burden to them and they don't want that burden, especially if they have criminal histories. Uh, and even if they're good people, they feel like, yeah, great. We have less people to have to deal with more money for the people we have here. Uh, it, it's a very selfish, uh, but also guess what? We're the suckers who are allowing it. Not you and me, but this president. Uh, let's go to Joe, line five. You just heard what Alice had to say. Your thoughts, Joe. Right. She's right. It's it's disgusting. You, you know, Rita, let's face it. Let's face reality. This is planned. They're destroying this country. The Democrats want the votes. But not only that, they're enjoying it. There's a plan to destroy the United States. And they're doing a good job. You can't handle this. No country in the world would do such a thing like this. you got to be a fool not to see what's going on. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I agree with you, Joe, because I can't think of any other reason, Joe, that anybody would ever allow this. First of all, I don't think that's a good reason, obviously. I think that's uh, buying the votes and putting the country in a severe detriment as a result of bringing them in. But it's downright dangerous and derelict. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great law enforcement and their families. A really powerful story coming from Lawrenceville, Georgia where in an incredible moment of unity, Lawrenceville police officers and Good Samaritans nearby are being recognized for lifting a vehicle that had a 19-year-old driver pinned underneath it. It all unfolded on September 13th around 11 p.m. when Lawrenceville Police Sergeant Peterson was on a traffic enforcement duty. He spotted a speeding driver, so he was following the driver And Peterson drove up to an overturned vehicle, the same one that he spotted speeding. Two people managed to exit the vehicle, but the driver had been partially ejected through the sunroof. His upper body and head were being squeezed 
in between the car and the roadway. What an unbelievable situation. So the driver's airway was getting obstructed and he was having trouble breathing. In body camera footage that was released, Officer Peterson is seen checking on the driver and then immediately rallying everyone nearby to quickly help as Peterson assessed that the young driver was stuck under the 3,600-pound vehicle. 3,600-pound vehicle. 3,600-pound vehicle, rather. Officer Peterson then directed to all saying, you, you and me, we're going to lift this car up right now. Someone get in there. Help pull him out. This vehicle is very heavy. On the counter three, Officer Peterson ordered everyone to gather their strength and lift the vehicle. He said, come on, y'all, we got this. Well, one person is then heard on the video saying, he's out, he's out, jumping for joy. Uh, another officer then notifies the driver that an ambulance is quickly coming. The 19-year-old driver sustained several injuries related to the crash and continues receiving medical treatment now at a local hospital. The Lawrenceville Police Department there in Georgia said the actions of the officers and these great good Samaritans likely saved the driver's life. No doubt. Wow. He is lucky that those officers happened to be there at the right time and rallied other good Samaritans to help as well. Well, we are talking, of course, also about the military. Get this. I heard today and I thought, oh, this is good. Uh, The New York governor, Kathy Hochul, is now rallying the military to deal with the border crisis. But wait till you hear what she's having them do. Take a listen. And so today, under my leadership and under my direction, New York National Guard will deploy an additional 150 members to support the asylum seeker mission. That brings our total to 2,200 National Guard members supporting the overall mission. And what this will allow us to do 250 National Guard members will focus solely on case management. And ultimately, the process, now that we have the opportunity granted by President Biden to help the Venezuelans who came before July 31st be able to apply for temporary protective status, and what follows that, literally with the same application, is the work authorization, that coveted work authorization that's their ticket to the American dream. And she is saying that because what also comes is a social security number, driver's license, and then they likely would be able to vote in municipal elections. So suddenly half a million people, many of them in New York and elsewhere, uh, don't you think that that might have an impact on local elections? The city council elections are only a few weeks away. 51 seats are up for grabs. Uh, so maybe some of them will get there in time to vote. And guess who they might vote for? Who gave them the free pathway to New York? Who's also going to help their relatives and their families and their neighbor's neighbor and their neighbor's neighbor's neighbor to come in to New York City and elsewhere? Because they saw the green neon sign and they will encourage others to do the same. Here's Kathy Hochul saying it's all about getting them to work. And in fact, they're getting put ahead of the line. These that are given temporary status before even those who have had a process in place, the ones who've been waiting legally forever to get a work permit. They go to the back of the line and these new temporary status ones, well, they go to the front. Take a listen. Tens of thousands of asylum seekers have left their homes, homes that were 
ravaged by violence, political corruption, starvation, an economy brought to its knees. And they've come here in search of one thing, one thing. That's the ability to work. Guess what? That is not our job. That is not what asylum is for. I'd love to have everybody work, but I'd rather make sure that Americans get the job first. And why are they going to the front of the line when so many people are going to the back of the line as a result of that? Does that seem fair? And why are we spending so much money at a time where budgets are bursting at the seams and we just don't have it, where there are deficits? where there are major issues, where they're talking about cutting back services. The other day we were talking to former New York City Police Commissioner Bill Bratton, who was talking about 75% of the counterterrorism unit at the NYPD is likely going to be cut. And that all these major departments like the NYPD, like sanitation, like uh, fire, a whole bunch will be cut probably 15 percent. And some departments like the counterterrorism, which I contend is the last place you should cut, especially with a wide open border like they have. If anything, we should be doubling it or tripling it. It may be cut by 75 percent. Where are our priorities? My goodness. And here is Jerry Willis, my buddy on Fox News. This is what she has to say about the work permits, because she says, guess what? That's just going to be another big, shiny object that will draw more people to come here illegally. Take a listen. We're going to offer work permits, but that is only a magnet. That only gets more people, in my view, to come to the country. Is that what you really want to do? Again, it's a failure of policy, a failure of vision. Look, think about those small towns along the border like El Paso, right? Uh, they're getting 2,000 people coming in. They can't sustain that. They don't have the budget. They don't have the wherewithal. They can't put people anywhere. So they're sending them all over the country. How this administration can turn their back on this problem, ignore it, and do nothing astounds me. It does astound me, too. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina, line two. Mike, your thoughts about all of this. I mean, this is in, where do where do we end? Where does this end, Mike? That's a good that's a good question, Rita. It's a real conundrum. Where does it end? It's not like, you know, going on Long Island Railroad in Metro North where I worked in the MTA, get around to a ticket. They're here to stay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Once they're here, that once they're here, they're just going to kind of fade into the woodwork. Look, they don't get stopped on the way in. They no repercussions if they, you know, bail out on a court hearing and the court hearing isn't for many years. We don't even know if they're giving the right name to us. We don't know if they have any criminal history. I mean, it, it, it truly is it is unbelievable. And as I'm seeing these streams of them, and now that the weather's getting colder, more and more will be coming because it was scorching hot, of course, to make that journey. But but I, you know what? We we are we are stupid and we are reckless, Mike. Without a doubt. And you know, what a great job the mayor of New York is doing. And, and, and the um, and the governor, Hoko, fantastic job. You know, come on to New York and and now he's crying with his four thousand dollar suit, the mayor. He's handing, you know, he's holding his cap out, uh, looking for aid from the federal government. Hey, hey, I have an idea. Some of these buses could go to D.C., you know, at the vice president's uh, uh, place, and she could flash the pearly whites. And in other places, they could go up to, uh, you know, certain parts of New York, you know, uh, where where they're just they're shakedown artists. 
The, you know, by the, by and, the way, uh, by the way, other places in New York don't want him, and, and that's the right. problem. But I I agree with you, Mike, that he should turn the buses around and say no more. And he also needs to start calling out President Biden by name. He sort of started to do it a little bit during the U.N. because Biden didn't even meet with him. Remember, I mean, how how disgraceful is that? Here is the president of the United States. He's speaking at the U.N. It's four avenues away from the Roosevelt Hotel, which is the intake center that we've all seen the video of where they're sleeping outside on the streets, which looks like a third world country. It's in Midtown, New York, uh, right there in the heart of Manhattan. And it once was a nice hotel. And now it looks like uh, it, it looks like a like a like a tent city outside and inside, too. There's been you know, dozens of assaults and arrests. There were two arrests over the weekend, by the way, there. So you got all that going on. And then, you know, yeah, it's like, it's like he wonders why so many came. Well, they came because he campaigned on being an open city and saying everybody come. And, and you know, I make the analogy, Mike, it's like you throw a party. If you say, okay, I'm going to have a party and I want you to invite everybody here. I'm going to cover the food. I'm going to cover the hotel. I'm going to give you, you know, uh, uh, free booze. I'm going to give you a phone, whatever you want. And then you wonder why 5,000 people show up. I mean, I mean, how crazy is that, Mike? Give me a break. And Looney Kazuni, I love that expression. I'll leave you with this, Rita. You know, I, I give acknowledgement to all the good callers. They should send some uh, buses to White Plains and that far left communist. That sleazebag, uh, a Democratic donkey, you know, that Russ, he's a loony kazoonie, and he'll call your show. He's called your show before. That's the guy that didn't really like Italians. Hey, why don't you have a, a pizza, slice of pizza for High Holy Days? Okay, oh, buddy? oh, okay, don't, right? don't get it, Mike. Don't get into that. But, uh, but because... You know what? But, 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 but I, but I, 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 we want to, we want to respect everybody, but, but I'm sure Russ is listening, Mike. Mike, I love you. Thanks so much. Let's go to BJ, line three. Go ahead, BJ. This is like watching uh, Jonestown suicide all over again. Uh, with the, this is all self-inflicted. We are being laid siege to. They're using these immigrants as a distraction to get the fentanyl in. And they're sending them all up to these blue cities. And as far as uh, Biden and, 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 and Adams and Hochul, they're all in on it. None of them, none of them are. That, that, that's a that's a, a big that's a big dog and pony show. They, they already know how many that they're going to give them. So, you know, this is a joke to see this infighting and stuff. And this guy, this this mayor, this guy. Does anyone understand a word? What of what he says when he speaks, he's illiterate. He can't even speak. He's an embarrassment. And this other lady, this this governor, she just loves the sound of her voice. Like this is a good thing we're being laid siege to. This is a great thing that we're, our country's being taken over. These people that are coming here, they don't want to assimilate. They just want to. They just want to sack us like Rome was sacked. Uh, 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 by the Huns and the Teutons. So this is just uh, insanity. Uh, and by the way, I don't know what, who, anyone, anyone who listens to CNN, uh, uh, that guy, uh, uh, that, uh, that, that's, I call that the Caligula News Network. That is the foulest. That's not even a news show. That's, that's some type of pornography yeah, show. Yeah, could you believe that he's arguing, saying the, the border's not open? You know, it's like, I, like, have you looked even at pictures? 
it's so bad now that even on CNN, they're showing the pictures, you know, and like it's like, are you even looking at the network pictures? Just look at your own two eyes. Again, what are they? You heard what I said. Are they coming in for a rock concert? Is that what they're coming in for? I mean, because suddenly Insanity. you see this swarm of people. It's like it's just it's so incredible. Yeah. You know, BJ, you reminded me of something. Um, also, when you were just talking about with all the stuff with them kind of taking over, because Chris Oliveras, who is the spokesperson there with Texas Department of Public Safety, and I've talked to Chris, I've interviewed Chris many times through the years. He's a great guy. He's right there on the front lines. And Chris tweeted out a couple hours ago and I was watching. I was like, oh, my God. And it was a shot of Venezuelans who are crossing the border there in Texas. They took over like a little island. And what did they do? They put up the Venezuelan flag like here's our turf now. Like I thought you got to be kidding me. Luckily, uh, Texas DPS came in quickly and they took them off the island and they took down their flag. They're like, uh, you are in America right now. You know, I mean, if you want to fly uh, another country's flag, uh, I'm all for, you know, national pride. And we all come from different places. But you have just crossed into the border Right. You've just made it into the United States. You just won the lottery because you came across the United States. It looks like a lot of lottery winners, thanks to the Biden administration. And then you put up the Venezuelan flag. To me, that is a disgrace. Uh, BJ, your reaction. It got me really angry when I saw that. Like, how dare you put up at least the American flag? Rita, you have to have on Mark Merkler from the Convention of States. We need to take our country back. And we need to limit terms and we need to put caps on spending. We're lost now. We have no border. You don't have a country if you don't have a border. And when you see stuff like this going on with uh, any other flag other than the country where they're brazenly sticking it in your face and no one is doing anything to stop it, we are in big trouble. Mark Markler, Convention of States, we need to take our country back. All right, BJ, thank you very much, my friend. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are seeing clearly a trend, and this is happening all across the country. Listen to what Sheriff Mark Lamb of Pinal County, Arizona, had to say, because he says, look who exactly is coming across. Well, I think it's a look at the videos that you're seeing right now on the news. You guys have shown some of the videos. You see all these people coming across. They're all military age men, and that should be alarming to every American. They are all middle-aged, military-age, single men coming across. And yeah, that should be alarming because that's a huge portion of those that are coming across. I mean, that is a major, major issue. Don't we go kind of, wait, 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 wait. Uh, why are they coming here? And if it's so bad and they're being persecuted, uh, where are they all coming from and where are their wives? If, if the place is so bad, they didn't bring the women and children, uh, you know, wouldn't you think that the women and children, if you're a gentleman, would come first, not the other way around? So what is going on? 
Uh, let's go to Pete, line six. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, hi Rita. Really, I, I'm I'm bewildered. I'm hope that a caller calls in and may have a solution to reverse this thing. I out of my head. I've always been a person who could always find a solution to any kind of problem, mathematics and stuff like that. And I am bewildered. I cannot think of any way to reverse this that would be possible or humane. And if somebody would call in with an idea, at least how, I mean, I was on hold and I came up with this stupid, crazy idea of a time machine, which they haven't invented. Take all of this space thing and put some work on that. But then again, if you change destiny, you could really mess things up. So maybe, maybe like and maybe like back to the future, right? You know, right. it's, all, <laughs> you know, it's all fiction. I know I'm talking, I'm blowing smoke out my, you know what? But uh, I can't think of a solution. But all my life as a stagehand, I could always fix something. I could always correct it. I can't even think of a solution. I mean, the only thing I have with my prayers is Donald Trump. But the longer we go with this, is he going to be able to turn this around? I don't know. By the way, I I think you're right. It's going to be tough. No no matter who, even if it's Trump, I do think, yes, you can. Because guess what? On day one, he would plug the border. Uh, he would seal it. He would finish the border wall. I mean, there's a lot of things that certainly would help. Um, but then you got to trace everybody who's here illegally and you got to send the message that you're, if you're here illegally, uh, you got to go back. I mean, you got, or you got to have a, a court day within X weeks or whatever the case is, something to at least expedite the process and try to undo some of the damage that has been done. Uh, because the damage, just like you said, is so vast and so extensive. Uh, great points, Pete. Let's go to Larry. Line eight. Larry, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, I have the solution. I hope Pete's still listening. Uh, you, asked me, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't have it then, I have to admit. But now I have it. Okay, it's very simple. I mean, the National Guard for all these border states, right? These people don't have a full panoply of constitutional rights. So don't get, nobody can say the argument, well, you can't stop them and ask them for papers. You can. You could, because there's a presumption that most of them are coming through, not through legal ports. So there's probable cause to stop them, to think that they're not legal. You stop them and say, let me see your appointment, your papers, you came through legal ports. If they can't produce it, they're subject to deportation. That doesn't mean only the federal government could deport. The states can, can, uh, can enact, can not, can, the states can enforce federal law as well, and the National Guardsmen could deport them. The question is, why are they not doing it? I'll ask you that. You should, you should be an expert in that by now. Why aren't they doing it? <laughs> I feel like I've become an expert. Uh, Larry, let me tell you, first off, any time that they have done that, uh, federal law, by the way, uh, in this case, because it is a federal responsibility to protect the border, um, has been superseding state law unless somebody is derelict in their duty. And so that's where this whole issue is getting in the case with Governor Abbott there in Texas. But look, when Governor Abbott even just put the buoys up, remember the Biden administration fought him on the buoys, just a little inflatable buoys said, how dare you? That's dangerous. That's not, uh, you know, that's not kind to the migrants. Some of them were having trouble getting over the buoys because that's the whole point of them is to block them. So uh, the Biden administration would fight them tooth and nail and say that they don't have the responsibility to deport. 
So then that's why I think at some point this whole border issue is going to go to the Supreme Court in many, many different forms. Um, and Abbott, I think, needs to keep fighting it and fighting it because he needs to fight for the American people. Like you said, it, it seems insane. And they're right there on the doorstep. Let's go to Alex. Line three. Alex, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking the call. I got two things, and one is right up what Pete and Lowry were talking about, a solution to the problem. Here's the thing. Republican candidates that are running to be the nominee, and specifically Donald Trump, uh, they're rightfully saying they're going to shut down the border, and that would take care of the problem. And, and obviously all the people that came in is because of Joe Biden. But here's the question now for them. It's not just you shut down the border. we got millions here. It's a mess. How are they going to deal with the current amount of people that we have here? Are we going to deport them? I want to hear answers to that. That's a great one. And listen, I hope that that gets asked at the debate because one of the partners for the debate is Univision. It's in California. But you're right. What are they going to do about the millions that are here? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Menendez, the senator of New Jersey and the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, one of the most powerful posts on Capitol Hill, he has the Cuban defense. That is what he is using for why he had wads of cash in his coat pocket. And we'll explain that later on. It's also interesting because many Democrats are coming out and they're saying you know what? Maybe he's compromised. Maybe there's some issues here. Where were they when all these allegations were coming forward about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden? You didn't hear any peeps from them on that one. And the impeachment inquiry is going to start this week. So that's going to be very interesting and very telling. Where are they when it comes to those issues? So is it a little bit of hypocrisy? We're going to talk about that later on in the show. Meantime, we are talking about the border and what a disaster it is. The fact that just in one day alone, 11,000 illegal immigrants crossed the border into the United States. And the last fiscal year had the highest amount that we have seen of illegal immigrants coming into our country. Uh, that is a record that Biden should not be proud of. And what is his solution? He doesn't say a thing about it. He's only been to the border once, as has Kamala Harris, only once. Uh, I, I mean, this to me is so alarming. And I was even seeing a story earlier today. These are the people that go out there and they say, oh, we worry about the kids. We worry about this. There are apparently 300,000 kids who came to the United States illegally. Uh, they came and they are without parents or unaccompanied minors that come. And by law, they are supposed to keep them here in the country. So they're kept in the country. They place them often with people who either claim to be their parents or relatives or in foster situations. A lot of them end up, as you can imagine, sexually exploited, human trafficking, uh, drugs. They also involve like these overnight shifts and sometimes factories. I mean, the, some of the stories are just abominable. Why are they not speaking out about that? And we've lost, by all accounts, 
by the Biden administration's own account, 85,000 kids in this country. Uh, I, I mean, don't you think you should care about that? Every American should care about it. I feel bad for these kids. You know, their parents probably sending them here for a better life. I don't begrudge anybody for wanting to give their kids opportunity, but they should see all the headlines and know that it's coyotes and drug dealers and everybody else that their kids are sadly getting engaged with the minute they do that and they turn them over. How else? Who else do you think is controlling the border? And what do you think is happening when they come to this country? Many of them end up with whoever brought them across the border, pretends to be a relative. They're not a relative. How do you vet them? How do you check? You don't know. I mean, this is just it is such a dangerous, horrible situation. And it breaks my heart, especially for those migrants and those migrants, those young kids. Also, by the way, today, President Trump also sounded off uh, and he came out and said that this is obscene when he's seeing the pattern of what's happening with so many of these migrants. And he's talking about the adults that are coming forward. He's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, he's in South Carolina, obviously a key state. But he said, I cannot believe what's happening to this country in the few short years since he has left the presidency. And, of course, he hopes to come back again. He's like, miss me yet? Look at what's happening on the border. And look at the fact that these individuals that are crossing the border illegally, and he's talking about, of course, the adults, they're getting the freebies that Americans aren't. How is that, you know, for American, by American uh, putting Americans first, which was his agenda and a far cry from what we have seen since President Biden took over. Take a listen to what President Trump said just a little bit ago. If we're up to Crooked Joe Biden, every single job here at Sportsman Boats would be shipped off to another country. Biden puts China first, Mexico first, Ukraine first, Europe first, Asia first, illegal aliens first above our great veterans. You know that. Puts the illegal aliens above our veterans. Our veterans live like hell. And uh, you know what? You see what's happening. You ever see the illegal aliens? The one, the weirdest thing, they come in by the tens of thousands, sometimes a day, and they all have, they have cell phones. I'm saying, where do they get the cell phones? Everybody has a cell phone. They're all talking on these beautiful cell phones, and they're expensive ones, too. They're nice ones. Somebody who's into that said, those are good phones. And then I say, who, pay, who pays their bills? Who's paying the bills, Marjorie? Do you want to check that? I'll give it to Marjorie. She'll figure that one out fast. No, but you ever notice? They're all coming in with cell phones. Our veterans don't have cell phones, do they? But they put illegal aliens first and everyone first, but he puts America last. He puts our military last. He puts our veterans last. He puts workers last. He puts small businesses last. He puts everything that's good and proper last. He puts it last. The president has a great point. I mean, and also, who is funding all these things other than you and me? I mean, this is an amazing moment to see these people. Yeah, they're with nice phones. They're staying in nice hotels. I just brought up the fact that New York City is putting the price tab $1 billion more to house migrants in the hotels already planning three years in advance. Maybe they should put the, uh, the, you know, meal service orders in there too for the room service. You know, maybe, okay, we'll do X amount of orders of lobster, champagne. What else is on the list? It goes on and on and on. Well, many members of Congress, especially those on the front lines, like Andy Biggs of Texas, this is what he had to say because, of course, 
they are coming to a budget impasse. It could come as early as this week. And he says we must have border border security or else we shouldn't sign the bill. We shouldn't be funding a government that's not going to protect our borders. Listen to what he has to say. A lot of my colleagues are talking about the border like it's some narrative, like it's some talking point. And they say, well, well let's just do H.R. 2. We were going to do H.R. 2 anyway. We already voted on H.R. 2. What you have to do is use the budget as leverage against this administration to make them enforce yes. the border controls. And that's the only way you're going to get border controls. We could, do, we could say whatever we want about the border. This is a lawless re- regime, and the only way to deal with a lawless regime is to defund its priorities and get what do- needs to be done done at the border. Yeah, it is a lawless regime. I will say that on both sides of the border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side of New York. Go ahead, Mike. Line five, your thoughts about all of this. Uh, I don't read it. You touched on it a little bit with with the uh, Supreme Court. But what what Biden did, he handcuffed the, uh, the governor's and separated them from the uh, National Guard, because that would be their call to put the National Guard there. But he did it with an executive order. What they have to do is they got to take all the Republican governors, it don't have to be on the border, all of them from all over the country, take it to the Supreme Court in their state, and get a a court order to allow them to put the uh, National Guard on the border, because this is an emergency an emergency right now that we have our, our country's going down and uh, Biden's not in his uh, faculties, you know, and, and explain it to them. They could bring their doctors to the courts and say, this man is not 100 percent. He's going against the country. He's going against what the country believes in and what uh, going against the, uh, all the American citizens are going against the Constitution. And he's inventing his own laws, you know, and so. Uh, the, the courts will give them a court order, and then they, then they could put their national guard on the border. But that's the only way they could do it. You know, and this is an emergency. They can't. We can't wait for an impeachment. No, I, by the way, now. I agree. The think about how many people are are coming already, um, even in the last week or two or three. Um, and, and to your point, Mike, uh, I mean, I could put like Woody Woodpecker or Bugs Bunny, and they would say, uh, "Yeah, he isn't in his full faculties." Um, you know, uh, and, and anybody who is the president of the United States to do this to this country, it, it, it just goes counter against everything you're supposed to do as quote commander in chief. That is your responsibility. Interesting points, Mike. I, I wish that that could happen. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, but I wish it could happen. Mike, thank you very much. Let's go to Maggie in Pennsylvania. Line two. Maggie, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Hi. I've been listening to you ever since you came on. I stay up at night and just listen. Oh, awesome. Uh, Thank you, Maggie. I'm thrilled. Thank you. Yeah, you're new on our station in Chambersburg, PA. Oh, I love that. Which station are you listening to? Which one are you on? Uh, W-E-E-O. Okay, great. Awesome. 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 Now, what what do you think? What's your solution? you You were all talking about solutions. I think American people, citizens that are here, we need to wake up. We need to take our stand. So the solution for the water, uh, the governor of Texas tried with those brown buoys 
said, why don't we just put alligators and the moccasins, the, the snake moccasins in there, just put it, fill it up with alligators and, and snakes. And I'm talking about the kind of the, the water moccasins. Well, Maggie, you you're hardcore. The, <laughs> and then you put signs, you put signs on their side in Spanish. Beware. Do not cross. There are water moccasins and alligators in here in the water. Please do not cross. It would be at your own risk. And then American citizens in groups, not just the National Guard, but the groups of American citizens need to be there at the border in groups and groups and just tell them, stay back, stay over there. You're not welcome. Well, and, and you know, Maggie, obviously, listen, I feel bad for those who qualify for asylum, and we do have to vet them. We have an obligation to at least vet them, but I think it should be done on one side. You know what could be more painful than, than going through uh, water with alligators and uh, water snakes? Maybe listening to President Biden do a speech. That could, that's like water torture to me. What, what do you think? What, what could be more painful, Maggie, listening to President Biden or, uh, or dealing with crocodiles? What do you think, Maggie? You cannot imagine how disgusted I am with all this, honey. I go back to President Roosevelt. I have seen all these presidents ever since Roosevelt. And, and have, I, have and you ever I'm seen going, anything like this? No. Yeah, I and agree. You know, and you know, they had us cooped up in our homes during the pandemic, and they used medical for everything they want to do. As you know, they come out medical this, medical that. They keep us keep us house bound. And hon, I'm in my eighties, and and I'm still fighting this. I volunteer with the Republican Party, and and I just don't know else what to do other than a whole lot of American citizens need to be at the border and just tell them stay where you are. Do not come across. Yeah, Maggie, by the way, you brought up some interesting points, and you certainly have some very powerful perspective uh, from all the presidents you said you've seen. You sound great, by the way. Um, and I'm so glad that you're listening to us on WEEO there um, in Pennsylvania. That's awesome, Maggie. And I think, um, first off, I think that there, I'm surprised there haven't been more protests at the border. If I lived in like, you know, especially in some of those border towns, like we have seen Eagle Pass of late, where it's like almost the size of the city has been coming in, uh, almost on a weekly basis. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked that there haven't been more protests, but our leadership has to take control and they have to vet them. So the few that do qualify and are fleeing persecution or the young kids, um, you know, we have to make sure they're taken care of. Uh, but it, it's a slim number, just like you said, Maggie. It's a very slim number, and we need better leadership because, you know, it shouldn't have to fall on citizens' hands to come up with any creative way to do it. Um, and we want to obviously, you know, we want to be humane. We want to be respectful. But they got to do it on the other side of the border. we got to vet them on the other side of the border. And those that qualify, the few that do, come through. We trace them. We track them. They're already screened. And, you know, you brought up also, Maggie, a really powerful point about the health thing, because during all the health COVID lockdowns that we've all been through, and you just talked about how painful it was for so many Americans like you and so all of us, it was just, it's horrible. They, right, they couldn't wait to use all of that as a reason to lock down. 
And then when Title 42, the first chance basically to lift it at the border where you would think you could justify having it, you could say, listen, these people are not vetted. We don't know what disease they're bringing in. We don't know their criminal history. Uh, but especially from the disease perspective, until we know that they're fully vetted, vaccinated, whatever the issues, why is there a different standard for them than the average American? They should be putting Title 42 back in place, and they're not fighting to do it. It's like a whole different rule. If you're an American, you're penalized. And if you're a migrant, it's like, come on in. Uh, and that's not the way America should work. You know that very well. Maggie Really interesting perspective, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. 1-800-848-9222, and we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Coming up, we are going to talk about this brand new poll that has President Trump ahead of President Biden by almost 10 percentage points. That is a stunning amount. And I contend that a lot of it has to do with the border, that people are seeing our country just falling apart between Afghanistan, uh, the way that Ukraine has been handled, the also issues of China. Our border, I think, first and foremost, as I mentioned, I think people just do not feel safe and they do not feel that we have a leader in the White House. We're going to give you uh, Trump's response to it. He had a very interesting response when he saw this poll, and we're going to play that after the break. Also, Senator Menendez of New Jersey is getting the pylon. There are many national and New Jersey Democrats that are saying he is compromised, uh, that this is unethical. Where are they when it comes to Hunter Biden and a lot of these questions and allegations swirling around Joe Biden? So lots of questions tonight. We're going to talk about all of that after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil, line three. Phil, your thoughts about the border. Rita, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Great, great. Okay, here's the deal. You got 100,000 plus uh, illegals in New York. Okay, let's take 40,000, which is approximately the number of of the ones of young age, 16 to 30, and these are uh, military type age, and they're they're you know healthy. Okay, fine. What you do to them, you say to them, hey, here's the deal. We don't really want you here. So what we're going to do is this. We will give you. to go back to Mexico and apply for asylum in Mexico. You give us proof you've applied for asylum and you're staying, you've got a place in Mexico, we will pay you $500 a week to stay there. Because you say, wait a minute, Phil, that's a lot of freaking money to pay 40,000 people. It's not. We're going to spend that money anyway here in New York. Okay. But once you pay them for the year, you stop. And they've got their money. They've got 500 a week in Mexico. It's like 2000 a week. You know what? That's an interesting point because you're right. It sounds like a lot, but it'd be cheaper than what we're paying here. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our military and their families, a beautiful story coming from Chesterfield County, South Carolina, where a parade of veterans and community members led a horse-drawn carriage to the Baptist Church, waving to all from the carriage that he was in was World War II veteran Elmore Bellamy, who is a deacon emeritus at a local church there, and who celebrated his 100th birthday alongside the community that he spent his lifetime in. On October 4th, 1943, veteran Bellamy arrived at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and before long, he was in the Army Air Corps, becoming an ammunition technician aboard the USS Missouri battleship. And then on February 19th, 1945, his unit was just a few miles from Mount Suribachi, right as the U.S. began its infamous attack on Iwo Jima. He was awarded the World War II Victory Medal for his service, also the Meritorious Service Medal, and many others, and was honorably discharged in February 1946. When he returned home, he spent the majority of his life trying to better his community and his church. And the veteran was asked at this beautiful parade for his 100th birthday what advice that he would give to future generations, to especially young people. And he said, two things come in mind. First, he said, if you know something good, pass it along to your children and God will bless you. The second thing he said was, do your best as long as it's good and one day it will show up one way or the other. Great advice from a great, great veteran of the greatest generation. Well, there is a brand new poll out. And I think part of the fact that these numbers are so strong in President Trump's favor. A lot of the polls show him neck and neck with President Biden in the new polls. But then there is also this poll, and it came from an unusual place, ABC News and Washington Post. Uh, neither one of them are necessarily, uh, you know, uh, right-leaning in any shape or form. Uh, you could contend uh, that both of them lean quite left. And I'm talking about ABC Network News and, again, the Washington Post newspaper. So they put together a poll, and it was so stunning, the results, that they couldn't even believe it themselves. And I think a lot of the reason that in this poll, it puts President Trump at 51 percent against President Biden at 42 percent. It is nearly a 10 percent spread, nine point something percent. And it's actually flipped because I was looking to see like in 2020, In 2020, President Biden at this time had a 53 percent lead over Trump, 43 percent. So it was 10 percent there. But Biden was on top. Now, this poll shows that Biden is at 42 percent. He is so unpopular, even among Democrats. You could see it. So many of them want somebody else and say he is deteriorating competency, everything before our eyes. Also, the border. I actually think the border is also playing a role because I think any American, it doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. If you see what's happening at our border and the destruction, as we're talking about, and we were just saying, yeah, what are you going to do? All these people are in the country. 
Uh, I would be very curious. And one of you asked uh, in the last hour, what's going to happen? And I think this is a very important question. I hope it gets asked during the debate on Wednesday night. What is the plan? What are you going to do with all the millions upon millions of illegal migrants that are in this country? How will you get them out of the country? How will you vet them? Phil had an idea to pay them to get out because it would be cheaper. It gives them some incentive to get out and then try to do it legally again. Maybe you need to do something like that. We shouldn't have to pay them. They broke the law. Uh, but maybe we need to give them some incentive to voluntarily want to leave. Uh, because how else are you going to be able to round everybody up? But this new poll, I think in part, is because so many people are so deeply concerned about the border. And it was so surprising that even the folks on ABC News couldn't believe that it was showing support for Trump. Take a listen when they were talking about the results. Listen to what they had to say. Let's go back to that poll. Trump with a nine-point lead over President Biden. And for caveats, whether that is an outlier, that's a tough one to spin. It's a tough one to spin, Martha, but I don't believe Democrats should be sitting in a panic room. I think they should be out there in the streets like they've been all year long. Look, after all, Democrats have won in places like New Hampshire, a, 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 a district that Donald Trump carried. Uh, this Democrat won by six points. Democrats won in down in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Democrats have won in Wisconsin. Democrats also with the ballot measure in Ohio. So don't go into the panic room. Room just yet. Don't go into the panic room. God forbid Trump is leading in a poll. Don't go into cardiac arrest. God forbid Trump is leading in a poll. I mean, is that not biased or what? I mean, it just shows they are so in the tank. Oh, this has got to be an outlier. This has got to be an anomaly. This can't be right. It's your poll. But boy, if it showed Biden ahead, they'd be like, boy, that is spot on. Jiminy Crickets, that's the best thing I've ever seen. You know, I mean, they'd be tiptoeing through the tulips. That is so crazy. So much for unbiased news. And this is President Trump's take. Take a listen to this, because a little bit ago he was in South Carolina at a rally and he said, uh, look at this poll. Look, I'm so far ahead. And he said, guess what's coming? Uh, it seems like every time he's doing well in the polls. That means another indictment has got to be coming around the corner because they got to do something to sink that poll. Listen to what he said. Every time the radical Democrats, Marxists, communists and fascists, and that's what they are. Every time they indict me, I consider it a great badge of honor. I'm being indicted for you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I'm going to get indicted again because the polls are up. What a zoo. And because he cares about the border, which, boy, what a contrast to what we're seeing now. Let's go to Norm, line four. Norm, your thoughts about all of this? Uh, my thoughts about all of this. I, I, trust, uh, I trust that poll from, I, I think it was uh, Bezos and the, uh, uh, what was this, uh, the, uh, the Washington Post. I trust that as far as I can throw it. But anyway, I mean, I just don't, you know, whatever. I don't pay attention to the polls. Um, I've lived at the same address for 60 years, and uh, I'm registered a conservative. I've never had anybody reach out to me to poll me. for So uh, anyway, um, I, I, tonight I was in Times Square, just an observer. I hadn't been there in a while. I went with a friend. We went to the movies and, uh, you know, sitting in front of the ground pretty much everywhere are these uh, migrants, uh, with, uh, all with babies. 
And I just, you know, I mean, if they're coming here to work, they they doesn't they don't look like they're really coming here to work. They're coming here to have children. And how do you work if you're going to have children? And I I don't know. It's just it's a big mess. And uh, to answer, there is no there is no answer. You got to just keep protesting and keep voting, keep voting, voting, protesting, and praying. Those are the three things I would advise us to do as Americans, because there, I don't think there really is, uh, you know, from uh, putting alligators in the waters to Phil's idea to pay him to go back, I, all these things are going to are pipe dreams. So none of these things are going to come to fruition. But it's but really I agree with you that it, that it's so there there it, it is really overwhelming. And and I I think it's a fair question though that I do hope it gets asked at the debate. What are you going to do with all the people that are here? Not only you know obviously seal the border. But how do you undo the damage? There, uh, it, how do we come up? We got. I at least applaud Phil for coming up with some idea. Um, because how do you track all these people and give them an incentive to come out of the woodwork as opposed to just staying in this country? And, and I agree with you. I don't think a lot of them are here to work. Uh, they see freebies and 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 listen. They're leaving. Some of them are working. There's a lot of hardworking migrants too that are coming here. I just also don't like the fact that they're coming in front of the line and that they haven't been vetted. I mean, there there are so many problems uh, with all of this. And how do you undo the damage when it's gone so far and you have so many people here? It's a huge, huge issue. Uh, let's go to Judith. Line three. Judith, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know something? When I heard Phil, I called because his idea is a really good one. I like it. The only problem with that is the minute they get the $25,000, they go back over the border, and then guess what? They sneak right back in. That's what they're going to do with this Biden uh, open border situation. So uh, that's not going to work, Rita. But you know something? Donald Trump had the right idea. He said he's going to deport. He's going to do the biggest deportation. That's the only thing we have to do. It, it, they're illegal. Simple as that. They have no business sneaking in here. Yeah, and you have to send a message that it's worth something to come to this country, and being a citizen is worth something in this country. Well, uh, speaking of uh, this country, uh, I thought I've heard all the different excuses, but Senator Menendez, Bob Menendez, of course, who got indicted on bribery charges, he has to go to court later on this week. He used today the Cuban defense. Uh, first off, he came out. Everybody was wondering, is he going to resign? Or is he going to say he's running for re-election? He's up for election, by the way, in 2024 for re-election. Uh, but he did say he's not going anywhere, at least in the short term. Here is what he had to say. Take a listen. This is what he said a few hours ago. I recognize uh, this will be the biggest fight uh, yet. But as I have stated throughout this whole process, I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. Very defiant, very confident. And then he was, you know, kind of I'm surprised he actually went there because, you know, this could be used against him if it turns out it's not correct. Uh, but there's the allegation, of course, that he was putting these gold bars, uh, that he had gold bars in his house, that his wife got the Mercedes, that he had all this cash stuffed into his coat pocket in his closet, like sewn into his coat pocket in his closet, all right? Um, so it's an unusual place to put cash these days. And he was asked, uh, or I should say he took the opportunity to explain. He wasn't even asked. He just said 
Here's why, and this is why I say he used the Cuban old-fashioned defense, that he's an old-fashioned saver. You know, some people put money in the mattress. He says, no, because he's Cuban and the history that his family went through, he puts it in his coat at home. And remember, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Take a listen. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. So that's why he says he has all the money there. Now, many Democrats are coming out swinging against him. And this is, first off, what constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley had to say about the Cuban defense. He was replying to that. And I want to hear, do you buy that? Does that make sense to you, that the fact that he's saying because he's Cuban and, you know, obviously there was persecution in Cuba, for sure. People were fleeing, of course, the regime. But his family came here well before all of that stuff. Uh, That's one. And so is that really a fair defense? And is that a bunch of hogwash? Or could it be that maybe, you know, maybe he got gold bars as a wedding gift. Uh, Maybe he just took out a lot of cash through the years. Jonathan Turley doesn't buy it. Take a listen. I thought that his press conference was rather pathetic. I agree with him uh, that he has every right uh, to a presumption of innocence, but we can't ignore the evidence ahead of us. The best he could come up with is that he has almost this charming, quaint, old-fashioned habit of of stuffing tens of thousands of dollars into his clothing. And he portrayed that as just sort of a sort of an old-fashioned habit, like he's the 1967 version of a Ford Mustang, uh, you know, that he's just a classic item. Well, this is viewed by many of us as old-style corruption. This is the way it used to happen uh, with, you know, wads of cash and, and, and gold bars. This city is more sophisticated. It's not less corrupt. It's just that I think that he is being jettisoned by his colleagues, not for his corrupt inclination, but for his conspicuous consumption. And Jonathan Turley also says that uh, it's interesting that they raided Menendez's home over a year ago. Wouldn't you think if they got the Glock, uh, if they got the uh, the gold bars and they got the money and they also were aware of like the car transaction and all these things, they raid his house. Wouldn't you think that? They would kick him off the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Why would you put somebody like that on one of the most sensitive posts ever? Why would you ever, ever do that? Why would you keep him there if you really believed that he was doing that? Is that a defense to keep him? What was he? Did he have something on Biden? Why Why were they keeping him there? And he was certainly a thorn in Biden's side on the issues of like Iran and Cuba and other things. He was a big supporter of Israel. So why was... He allowed to stay in this very sensitive post if he was such a threat that they raided his home. And he was still there in the Senate in that position, knowing they had raided his home. I mean, this, there's, there's something more to the story. So here's a little more of Jonathan Turley. 
Everyone's doing their best impression of Claude Rains and saying they're shocked, shocked <laughs> uh, that this could this could occur. Well, uh, you know, this has been the ongoing narrative of Senator Menendez uh, for decades, uh, and they made him chairman of this committee twice. And I said in one column that for someone with his history, putting him in, in foreign relations is like making an arsonist the head of the international paper company. <laughs> an arsonist in charge of the international paper company. We're going to take your calls on Menendez. Do you buy the excuse that he was taking money out slowly, that sort of he was old school, old fashioned because his family was at a country, you know, obviously that was taken over where suddenly they swoop in in the middle of the night and take over property that he always wanted to have a little extra on hand. Uh, but hundreds of thousands of dollars extra, doesn't that seem a little excessive, guys? What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. So Democrats are saying that Menendez may be compromised and he should resign immediately. Where have they been about Joe and Hunter Biden and the allegations against them? I mean, they've been silent. Crickets. Crickets. Why is there even an investigation into it? And that is not just hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is still a lot of money. That is tens of millions of dollars. Comer is saying he knows of at least 20 million so far, and he believes that there's a lot more. And again, the impeachment inquiry will hold its first hearing this week. So this is just the beginning, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line seven. Tony, your thoughts. Okay, I'll go quick. Senator Bobby Menendez is in a lot of trouble because this indictment really outlines his his sort of uh, his activities back to 2018, and it sounds so much like the Hunter Biden one, except it's like it's like he's doing it the old-fashioned way, no LLCs, because Hunter and and Devin didn't have like the gold bullion and the cash. You know, they had the LLCs that that the, the we uh, you know that the Congress is trying to track. So I thought it was very funny. I read the indictment. I think I don't think he stands good ground because they have been waiting for this moment, as we discussed, to get him. And it doesn't I don't think it looks good. They go back to 2018 in the indictment to when he met the missus, you know, his new wife. And and, and, and by the way, by the way, it was right after he also got, <laughs> you know, the hung jury. Yeah. It got, you know, got let go, got off on the last case. So it's like yeah. like you would think after you got, you know, <laughs> off on the last one, uh, maybe you would wait at least a few years <laughs> or a few minutes, Tony, you know? Yes. Yes. So Andre Damian Williams is the U.S. District Attorney who signed off on the 39 page indictment and 
he's the very big, very big uh, Southern District of New York. It's called the Sovereign District of New York. I don't know why it wasn't in New Jersey. I'll just put that out there. Huge. And so the history of this district attorney, I find very interesting. He actually worked with John Kerry, ring a bell, in his 2004 presidential campaign. And then he went on to clerk for Merrick Garland (laughs) before he went to law school a la... Paul Soros Fellowship. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) You can't make this up, Tony. I love it. You are always a wealth of information, my friend. Great stuff, Tony. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Sal, line four. Sal, your thoughts about all of this? Hey, Rita, same thing over here. If Joe and Hunter Biden are not guilty, Bob Hernandez is not guilty either. We're talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars. And Joe and Hunter, we have as much as $50 million. Is that a legal mafia here? We're talking about a legal mafia, Joe and Hunter? Well, you know what? We'll see where it goes. No, but, but you got to give the Bidens credit, Sal, because they put it in all these shell companies. This is what, you know, Comer's team is saying, that it was like a big old maze. At least they were a little more creative. Although maybe you could say old school was kind of creative, putting it in your coat. Uh, well, who do you think deserves more credit, Sal? He went to law school. Uh, I think I think Bob Hernandez deserves more credit. We're talking about a couple hundred. This guy got caught. You know, this guy got caught. Joe and Hunter have been doing this for hundreds of years. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Sal, you're right, but I do find it ironic that the Democrats don't say a word about Joe or Hunter. Nothing to see there. But boy, Bob Menendez and the gold bricks... That's trouble. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.